0: mindfulness mode some people are logical some people are emotive some people like humor it's just the way humans are
1: reach new heights of calm focus and happiness here on mindfulness mode with me your host and mindfulness life coach Bruce Langford hey mindful tribe Do you sometimes find that you just want to reach out to people even more than you currently are? Maybe it's part of your business, maybe it isn't, but I think we have a hunger for reaching out and connecting. And during this pandemic, it seems to be a little tricky sometimes to connect, but I've got the guy with us today who's all about connection. He's all about human to human connection. And he, talks about a specific social media platform where he does that and teaches others to do it. And that's why I thought it would be awesome having him on the show because he can talk about mindfulness and how he uses that to help him connect to LinkedIn, which you now know is the platform I'm talking about. I'm here with Mark Firth. Hey, Mark, are you in mindfulness mode today?
0: Yes, I am. And I feel good because Bruce just told me my jacket's the same color as his wall. So I'm feeling like I'm meant to be here. Let's just say that. I think you're definitely
1: meant to be here. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So this is really cool to be able to talk about mindfulness as it
0: applies to
1: LinkedIn. What does mindfulness mean to you, Mark?
0: It's a great question. I'll try and keep this succinct because I think it means different things on different days, but that's not a good answer. But if I could try and synthesize how I think about mindfulness, it, it, it comes down to awareness. It comes down to awareness that allows us to stay in the present. And I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll jump on the, in, into this on, on this interview, but I'm, I don't have a good track record of that. I'm, I'm still on the journey. I think it's a journey and not a destination. But if you'd have been speaking to me two or three years ago, this, this interview would be very different. I'd be probably fidgeting more in my chair my mind would be in the future thinking about how i'm going to pay this bill or in the past thinking about what went wrong but i think once we can become aware of our thoughts and once we become aware of where we're focused then we've got the first step to then kind of say hey hold on i want to be in the present because that's not doing me any good if my energy is in the future or my energy is in the past sometimes is an advantage but not all the time Do you know what i mean so yeah. for me it's those two things awareness of my thoughts, awareness of how I'm feeling, awareness of my body and building on that, um, the ability to, to then um, take it a step further and use it to try and stay present best we can. I want to be clear about that. It's not staying present all the time. That's impossible, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, certainly more than what we have done in the past and continue on that journey. Am I making sense? Yeah. Well, I know it's impossible for me. I mean,
1: there may be some people out there that can (laughs) be living the present moment every single moment of their life. But for me, I come and go, you know, when it comes to that. But you are the founder of a seven figure business that helps business owners and solopreneurs make more money. Wow. This is called Linked Preneurs. So I'm really excited to hear about your story. But you you decided to travel to Colombia at one point in your life. What took yep. you to Colombia?
0: All right. So I start I I am about to turn 40 in two days, funnily enough. Oh, and congratulations. Um, I guess my adult life has been a tale of two decades. That first decade i I'd, I'd left college or University, as we call it, in the United Kingdom, in case you're trying to picture my accent. Yeah. Um, and I gone to corporate because I thought if I went to corporate, I would get everything that, 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 that I wanted. And, mm-hmm. and let me define that. You know, I wanted success. And at that time in my life, my definition of success was money, impact, control of my time, and more than anything, being able to spend time with who I want, when I want, if I want. I quickly learned, wanted, I quickly learned that corporate wasn't going to give me that. It gave me a lot of things. It it taught me the lesson. I think the biggest lesson it it taught me was what I don't want. And as a result of that, I I reached the age of 30 and I was kind of like, I can't do this. I really can't do this. You know, it's not something I'm enjoying. Um, I was feeling a bit anxious. I was feeling a bit lost, disillusioned. And so I do what all good people do in that. Just go, I'm going to take a holiday. <laughs> no, I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, I resigned and I, yeah. I took the holiday. It was meant to be one year, 10 or two decades, 10 years later, two kids married business. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a whirlwind, but yeah, that's why, that's how I ended up in Colombia. I came here as part of around the world trip and I was like, hold on, I like it. I don't want to go home. Yeah. Isn't Colombia amazing. I just love it. Yeah. there.
1: Yeah, you visited, right, Bruce? Yeah, I did. I visited a couple of years ago. We went there for a wedding and it was just, yeah. we were there for three weeks. It was so incredible. The people, yeah. just friendly and warm and and the country is beautiful. And yep. there's so many wonderful things about Colombia, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and my wife is Colombian and, I, and my kids have a Colombian and British passport. So nice. it's it's always gonna it's gonna be a part of my my um it's gonna be in my heart forever now you know we've been here a decade now yeah so I, I speak fluent Spanish now I, I think uh, the measure of a language is can you get angry in the language without yes. forgetting what you're gonna say I, I've passed that <laughs> <laughs> you
1: passed it well I better be careful that I don't make you angry <laughs> I wouldn't know what you were saying because I'm not fluent in yep. Spanish but uh, I wish yep. I were I love I love the Spanish language it's beautiful yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think once you learn a language, it's not just a direct translation, you know, you learn different ways of thinking because ultimately language, you know, going back to the things in our head, language is just a representation of, 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 of communication. There's very different forms of communication and yeah. some things are different. So when you, learn, you learn a language, you learn a new culture, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what has Spanish taught you about mindfulness? It's a good question. I think, I think it's taught me... Um, to be more emotional, to be more in touch with my emotions and Uh, talk about them too because I have to, you know, what I'm about to say, I did do some study and I used to actually teach um, businesses here to go international and how to do business across cultures. That There is, I don't know, look, it's, it's, it's 2021, I don't know what I can and can't say on that topic, but I just feel that certainly the family and the people, my family and the people from whom I learned Spanish, they spoke about their emotions much more in that language even when they do in English, and, and so it's taught me to be a bit more open and a bit more in touch with them. And and that's always good, you know, because it leads to awareness and for able to talk about them. And if we're not bubbling up and, you know, which which I tended to do from from my British background, like, you know, stiff up a lip, keep it inside. So it's, it's taught me to be a bit looser, I think, if I could, if, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does make sense. And do you think that in Colombia, people have a different concept of their masculinity or femininity because um, when I was there it seemed kind of like that because I think in Canada we get kind of hung up with our yes. masculinity and we have these definitions of what we're supposed to be and all this
0: kind of thing do you think it's it's very different in Colombia so that there are actually measures of culture I can't remember the book off the top of my head now in the measure because it's been it's been nine years since I taught this mm-hmm. but one of them is masculinity and femininity and it's measured through university studies and and, and, and we're, not, we're not talking about toxic masculinity. We're not talking about any of that. We're just right. talking about a different view of how culture is measured. And, and yes, Colombia is different on that scale yeah. from what I remember. And it's just every culture is different. Yes. Do you
1: know what I mean? So, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's Very interesting. True. Very interesting. And yeah. so uh, so tell me about your family. You've got two children. You've got a beautiful yeah. wife. Like, tell me about this.
0: So Paula is my wife. We got married just before the you not You Know What Happened, September 2019. Oh, wow. Glad, glad we did that and um, I met her um, five years ago thanks to Prince Charles and let me tell you the story about Prince Charles and how Prince Charles influenced my life. At that time I was working as an English teacher because I was um, broke and trying to get the business going and um, I was working at a place called the British Council which is part of the UK government and they were celebrating their 75th anniversary in, in Colombia. And as a part of that, Prince Charles came over to Colombia and he was watching a rugby match next to where I taught English. And we all had to line the route, you know, to wave him in. Yeah. And just as he was driving past, walking past Paola, it, it started raining. And Paola had an umbrella. So the, the umbrella was commandeered for Prince Charles, should we say politely? So me being me, I went over and offered Paula my umbrella and, and the rest is history. And wow. we now have our daughter Sienna Who's two and a half, and our son Sam, who is um, getting on towards five, and they both speak both languages. Although they do prefer, um, they do prefer, they do prefer Spanish. But we're reading, um, we're reading to them in English, even even if he protests because it's important. Yeah. important for them from both.
1: What a great yeah. story, Mark! That oh, is a phenomenal story. <laughs> wow, wow! Yeah. Like I bet that that's a story that you've told hundreds of times. Am I right?
0: No, I haven't and I'm really enjoying this interview because people usually look, I love talking about LinkedIn. Absolutely love it. It's changed yeah. my life. But people usually go straight for the sure. LinkedIn like the laser guided missiles. That's a great story to share. Yeah. Oh, it is Thank an awesome story. Charles. Well, yes. I've I've gotta
1: ask you what you what you think about Harry and the whole thing that's going on. I know it's nothing to do with mindfulness
0: or LinkedIn, but no, no, I'm just it's curious. Just cool. I don't know enough to have an opinion.: I really don't know. And, and one, of, one of the things I'm going to talk later that, that I'll talk about later, one of your questions that, you, that you, you said you might ask is an app that helps with mindfulness. I think it's time to bring it up. Freedom.2. That's freedom, as in freedom. Uh-huh. Don't ask me the phonetics..2. Tango I don't know the phonetics, but it's, it's a blocking app. It's a social media blocking app that you install across multiple devices, oh. and you have a, a, a master console and you block um what you don't want to see so i don't watch the news if i'm honest unless oh. something comes to you. so well, i'm not informed enough to answer that question
1: i, I don't watch much news either but i i yeah. did see a few videos on linkedin or it, sorry on, on youtube so I, i'm kind of yeah, aware of what's going on it
0: just pulls you down a rabbit hole yeah if it does if I'm honest, and i don't know no I mean, I, I mean harry yeah i i i i, I love the, the royal family in some ways and i don't love them in other ways i'd say i'm in the middle of the road yeah do you know what i mean yeah they really are but you know i got to thank prince charles for coming here in and yeah. <laughs> introducing my wife so there we go that's
1: pretty fantastic and then tell us how you got into linkedin and what it's done for you right. so
0: 2009 i joined linkedin my background is b2b sales i i started off at ibm i was at siemens i sold to companies like bmw glaxo smith klein i worked at startups. Yeah, I, earn, I, I, I I kind of cut my teeth in the, tr- in the trenches, trenches, figuratively speaking, and um, LinkedIn became a part of it. I jumped on LinkedIn as soon as it came out and, and built a profile and, and started getting clients from it back then. Obviously, I had a few years kind of out in the wilderness when I came to Columbia, got a bit lost, didn't know what I wanted to do. But when it came to starting a business, the natural choice was LinkedIn, given my B2B background. And given that I'd used it for so long, and given that I knew what I was doing, so that's how I, 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 I started the business doing LinkedIn. And I guess they say the rest is history because I never thought it was useful. I just thought it was like a, a tool back then. But yeah. I, it has had a profound impact on my life and my business, and the businesses of many other people. So, how has your opinion changed? Is
1: it still not a tool?
0: Um, I think linkedin can lead to a certain lifestyle i think it is a very important tool but i think it can also lead to a certain type of lifestyle it's got a different vibe lots of people use different analogies for it am am i allowed to say the names of the social media platforms on this i don't want to right so you know some people say linkedin is facebook in a tie some people say instagram's the nightclub and and linkedin's the networking event before you go in there and, and and you know maybe or Instagram's the after party there's lots of different ways to represent what the vibe is and, and and for me LinkedIn has a certain lifestyle of people don't go there for cats on ceiling fans people don't go there to have their time wasted but it's still fun Do you yes. know what I mean and yes. I, 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 I'm not a nightclub guy I'm not an after party guy I'm a guy that although I don't drink anymore, who, if, if I was in a pub, I want to sit down and chat and have great conversation. I want to know who I'm talking to. I want to learn about them. I want to see the information available. Obviously, they tell me in a nightclub. I can't hear that. LinkedIn is the biggest depository of, of, of um, data on the internet because the profiles are so big. So for me, LinkedIn is having a chat in a pub. Do you know what I mean? And getting to know great people. Well, I know I know the- what you mean you when you say I mean? that, but
1: I but I wouldn't have thought that LinkedIn yeah. could let me do that.
0: Oh, yeah, it does. LinkedIn's great for talking. It is great for talking that the, the biggest problem and you'll get me on my soapbox now is, is, is when it comes to the online industry, that, that, that there's a lot of people that kind of have a the, the, mentality that, that people want the silver bullet. Human beings, we want the silver bullet. And that the silver bullet can be the building of relationships, but it's much easier for people to sell the silver bullet as spamming the hell out of people and sitting there eating Doritos while the calls come in. It's, it's this mentality. And I have I do believe there should not be demand for what I sell, which is the building of relationships, doing it in an effective way where we show respect for one another and that, that leads to results. But the fact there is demand shows it works, you know? Right. So we're kind of the, the opposite of this this, this LinkedIn's kind of had this reputation over the years of inbox being full of people pitching. And I say, great, yeah, it just makes it easy for us to stand out if we want to do things differently.
1: Right. So, yeah. Right. So tell us is. about what that different looks like.
0: Right. So for me, LinkedIn has, as, as I alluded to, let me put some skin on the bone because I probably just talked a lot of words um without giving any meaning right then so let me let me explain what i mean if you go on linkedin the profiles are a lot more meaty than other social media platforms, LinkedIn. You've got, I mean, on Facebook, you've got a little headline, you've got a few little things and some photos. Twitter, you've got 140 characters. There's not much information on individuals. If I go on LinkedIn, I can find out more or less anything I want to about an individual: their voluntary work, the languages they speak, where they've lived, the companies they've worked for. The headline will tell me who they're into. You know, the 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 profile about section, the feature section will tell me what they value. I can then use that information to start a conversation naturally. And that's the best way to synthesize my approach to LinkedIn. We used to send all this automation. We used to an automation, by the way, is using some software just to it's cut and paste marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And and what we found to be far more effective and, and quick, because it still takes an hour, less than an hour today, is just using the information available on people and using that to start a natural conversation that has a reason for the communication. Because um, the best conversations if we think about communication and the psychology for it, there's a reason, right? We don't speak to people unless the reason for it. We're on this interview because there's a reason in the street. If we stop someone and, and, and you know, and want the chance of success, it's, you know, what's the time? I'm sorry, what's the time? Or well, can I find the train station or in the pub? We have to create that reason, right? LinkedIn gives us everything we need to create a reason for the conversation that makes it so fast, so flawless and there's, there's no need for cold messaging. What other platform can you cross-reference your target market with the college you went to? College you went to is a formative experience in your life. That's how my business got going. I cross-referenced my target market with a college I went to, found you know thousands of people on there. Hey, I went to Aston University. I, w- I saw you were there and this year, I was there this year. I lived in Old Cross House, where did you live? Only the people that went to that college knew what I meant. And Mm -hmm. my business took off from there. Uh What other platform can you cross-reference the timeline of your life where you worked with people in your target market? What other platform can you cross-reference the voluntary organizations that you're a member with, with your target market? There's no need for cold messaging. (laughs) Simple as that.
1: Right. Right. So you make connections and then do you jump on a Zoom call or what do you do?
0: So the way we do it is, um, I, I believe the mirror principle, and, and I don't know if you're familiar with the principle, we are who we attract. Um, okay. You know, if, if, if I, I'm a good client, so I attract good clients. Mm-hmm. I'm a positive person, I attract positive person, people. That's what I believe. So I believe if we respect people's time and do 30 seconds research over them, we will attract people who value our time. And I also need to show that we value and respect their time. So we do what we call the 15 minute CEO call or 10-minute, sometimes, a 10-minute call, um, which we then use to transition into into a sales process. We're looking, by the way, we're looking for people that have a problem. It's important to point out we do build rapport and we do build a relationship we found to be effective. Then we transition to talking business. We do that in a very specific way. And then we go to a, a short call. And if it's a fit, we then progress from there. And, and I, I found that people are a lot more respective, a um, lot more open to that than, you know, this kind of, thing they have in the industry called a strategy session which mm. never actually has any strategy it just has a lot of questions and a high pressure close so you know it's positioned in a specific way and and we go from there because not only you don't burn your bridges and if, if we can't help them then you know we've got another connection and we've left some on better off than we found them that's that's my approach and do you encourage people to put videos on linkedin yeah videos look it's 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 the same it's the same as um any other platform in in the respect that Um, content is important. It didn't used to be as important, but LinkedIn as a platform are moving towards more content-based model. It used to be all in the messaging inbox. I can't remember the statistic, but I I had it in a training the other day. I think it's doubled since this time last year. I may be wrong. I I can pull that out. But LinkedIn have added stories, like Facebook. They've added, just in the last couple of weeks, as, 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 as this is recorded, they've added content creator mode. They're pushing so you can follow people rather than the connect with them. So they are pushing towards content. And when we think about that, the reason for that is LinkedIn don't have a paid ad platform. LinkedIn as a social media platform, want more, 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 pe- more people to spend more time on there. So yeah, the feed is getting more important. What's working now? One to two minute videos giving tiny bit of advice, not long form videos, short form copy when a short short, short post with, with an image. And it's just the same as any other platform. We just need to think about the psychology involved in it. We don't want to be selling to people all the time. We, we want to be adding value. We want to be telling stories. We want to be adding questions. We want to be slipping stuff in about lifestyle. Even though LinkedIn is traditionally a business to business platform, people ultimately buy from people. They know, like, and trust. We all know that, right? So right. they need to know who you are as a person. So if you play golf and your market plays golf, use it strategically. I want to just caution. I don't see it like Instagram. Like we're not putting pictures of us at, eating breakfast in our, in our pajamas. Do you know what I mean? But we are using strategically our interests and hobbies. We've just taken in, for example, a high net worth um, financial advisor who goes sailing. Guess what? His clients go sailing. So he's going to show pictures of him sailing. You know, another client, Jeff in the Midwest, you know, he, he, all his clients play golf. So there's pictures of him playing golf with his family at coffee shops. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same as any other platform, yeah,
1: you know, in that respect. I see. And, and then do you, what do you do? You do training sessions to help people understand how to make LinkedIn work
0: for them? What do you do? So um, I we, we have just had one program. We've had one program since 2017, and that's a group coaching program where I, I people come to the program and they go for an online curriculum, and then they ask me for help with, with implementation. And we do have a Facebook group and we do have a link in, in, in below because I give away a lot of free content. My philosophy is around content, just give away as much as possible and then the people that see value will come. I don't believe in hiding. I don't believe smoke and mirrors. And so, yeah, we, we just give away a lot of content as well on top of that.
1: Well. Right, I see. Yeah, so, you know, this sounds very interesting. So um, do you find that every day you're kind of integrating some of the mindfulness concepts with what you do?
0: Yeah, like um I I I changed my business model completely last year after going to a Joe Dispenser event. Do you know of Joe Dispenser? Yes, I do. Yeah. So my wife and myself, we went to one of his weekend events last February, two day event, and we went to his week long in Cancun in, in, in December and and i'd been meditating on and off for a long time i started with transcendental meditation maybe four years ago got into the the joe dispenser world started going to 45 minute meditations um and really after that we we were up to an hour hour and a half and uh, and what i've i've found is is coming back to what i said at the beginning this 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 self-awareness made me realize i was building business i didn't want right Uh it's it's all well and good making loads of money But what happened was I I was following, um, obviously we were getting leads from LinkedIn and beyond LinkedIn, we wanted to not only attract people that were on LinkedIn, we wanted to attract people that weren't on LinkedIn and wanted to go to LinkedIn. So we started doing webinars. So before you know I'm doing sales calls every day, all day, every day. And then before you know that, I've gotten one salesperson who isn't another fit. So I'm recruiting and training another. So I'm recruiting and training, I'm doing the calls, I'm doing the client fulfillment. I'm exhausted. Yes. And like, we, we made a lot of money. Great. But I, quite, I, I love my wife. I love my kids. What's the point in having a business that doesn't, you know, money is important. Money buys us freedom and it's important to make money. I'm not coming here and getting my soapbox and saying to people, you shouldn't be wealthy. You shouldn't create opportunities for your kids that you didn't have. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is when it gets to the point where you're feeling burnt out and you're not enjoying it, Like it's time for a change. So after that event, we kind of, uh, I I decided to go back on calls, wasn't enjoying them. This year we've just shifted to a model where I'm doing live webinars and I'm just doing live events. I get a buzz from them. I get to interact with them. People come in a lot more qualified. They can connect with me emotionally. And there's no need for a salesperson. So mindfulness and, 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 and the introspection that I got from that event and what I continue to do really, I guess, helped me be brave enough to, 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 to realise I was pursuing something that, whilst it was making me a lot of money, wasn't in alignment with my long-term purpose and, and way I wanted to do things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does I make sense. Describe yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you think back to that week, that
1: week in Cancun with yep. Joe Dispenza, what yep. pops into your mind? What was the most memorable activities that you did there?
0: Just wow. Yeah, is that right? uh, just wow, like it, it, if, if you don't follow Joe, he's, he's, incre- he's not for everyone, but I find him incredible. And I think a lot of people have different meditations that work for them. And as ever, the, the caveat of about to say this is not health advice. And also the second caveat is is what works for, for me might not work for you, just mm-hmm. like anything in life. But like he really pushed me and I love the guided meditations. I love the, the event and the energy and that you've got, you know, a, a, you know, a thousand people in a room doing the same thing and and the four-hour meditations when he gets us to start at four in the morning and and go through until you know for four hours that was incredible because that that's really where i i I got pushed and, and realized that you know i i could really do meditation because i'd always felt that I wasn't good at it. And the mind always wanders. And, and yes, it always continued to wander, but by pushing us two days in a row to get up at 4am when the melatonin levels are high, when it's easier to get, um, not detached, but easier to like calm the brainwaves, I, I experienced a different kind of state. And and to be clear, I'm not super woo-woo. What I like about, about Joe Dispenza is is the science behind it, you know, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of science coming out that says through meditative training or meditation, however you want to frame it, meditative training or meditation, whatever, a repeated, consistent habit, yeah. we can actually train our brainwaves to become more relaxed. Because a big, what I see a lot in this space is a lot of people, they wake up at two in the morning thinking about the Facebook ad. You know, oh, they're always on, like, Over here, over here, over here, all these things external to us. If we're external to us, constantly focused on the email coming, the message coming in, the Stripe account, the money. Oh, I've got to learn this. I've got to do this program. I've got to do this group call. Oh, what about this? We're all external. But if we're internally focused, that's when the body's in homeostasis. That's when we are calm. That's when we're present. And that's when we're able to just get focused. And so, yeah, that's what I learned from that week. Yeah, lot, that, that sounds
1: fascinating. And there were a 1000 people there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Holy, wow, that's amazing.
0: It's incredible. It's an incredible event. He's, he's an incredible person. I've read both his books. And, um, you know, and, and been to the events and, you know, a lot of things can be life changing. And I would definitely say the Joe Dispenser stuff for me was incredible. So now
1: do you meditate like every day? Or what's meditation look for you now?
0: Yeah, so I, um, I, um, I get up I get when I wake up. I, I, I realized I'm, is, I'm not one of these people that can set the alarm. I just get tired. I find my body naturally makes me up at 6 or 6.30 a.m. First thing I do is I meditate here in this office, just on a chair here with a blindfold on. I do one of the guided meditations. And it's important for me to do that before I start the day because I found if I don't do it, I notice the difference in terms of my mind wandering. I notice I'm not as focused. I can't hold my attention. Mm-hmm. and pulled over a bit more. So, yeah, it's it's got to the point, whereas in the past, it would maybe felt like a bit of a chore. Mm-hmm. Now it's something I actually feel the benefit from in the day, you know? Yeah. I can tangibly sense that. Yeah. Some people have said to me that they feel like
1: social media kind of is the opposite of mindfulness because with mindfulness, you're thinking in the moment, with social media, yeah. you know, it's it's just such a different thing. Do you think that way sometimes?
0: I I. F- maybe not social media per se but certainly the effect that social media can have and let me elaborate what i mean because there's a book by cal newport i can't remember what it's mean it talks about it's being an addiction you know if we're always on the notification beep 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 you know this here this there automatic behaviors and habits before we know it you know we're, we're, we're at the desk working on something and before we know it, we're on facebook right i think we've already experienced that mm-hmm. that's automatic behavior that's a habit that's beyond control Um, so I think that if a habit is beyond our control, going back to the definition I I gave at the beginning of this conversation, if a habit is beyond our control, we don't have awareness of it. Mm -hmm. So if I was to strip it down to those basic fundamentals, yes, any habit where we've not got awareness and, and, and consciousness of it and why we're doing it is the opposite of mindfulness. So that's why I use the app that I mentioned earlier because I right. noticed just like, just like when you're driving a car, right? Stick, I know you guys over the pond don't, don't have so much stick, but it just right. becomes automatic. You, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. And picking up the phone, like one minute you're with your kid reading a story and the next minute you're on Instagram looking at someone eating their breakfast in, in, in a right. dressing gown or whatever, right? Yeah. I'm exaggerating. That's just my... Yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. Remove it. That's what I do. I have specific sessions for it. Obviously, social media built my business and continues to build my business and gives me great success but it it is something that needs to be moderated mm-hmm. absolutely because when do you do the work <laughs> you're right. always on
1: you know right yeah exactly yeah well this is this is pretty fascinating because like I basically feel like I'm social media challenged <laughs> like <laughs> like I feel like I'm very good at being mindful, <laughs> yep. but when it comes to social media, that I'm not very good at so. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I'm not sure where I would have to start in order to get better at it. I guess just pushing myself to actually do it is probably what I would have to do.
0: I think it's, I think it's the analogies here. If you want to lose weight, you don't keep chocolate in the house. If you want to stop drinking beer, you don't have beer in the fridge. If you want to be on off of social media, take it off your phone and just start by putting it for me, again, let me caveat, not medical advice. This is what but for me i um, just using it on my desktop and having specific times to use it. That's what worked for me. Well, that's the thing about LinkedIn.
1: You. you can use yeah. it on your desktop all the time. You don't have to use yeah. it on
0: your phone at all, do you? No, you don't. I don't even have it on my phone. I, I very rarely have social media apps on my phone. And if I do, I take them off at weekends and evenings. Right. Them. Yeah. Right,
1: right. So, so you go on and you start to just put on some posts just on, on it's like a stream, isn't it? It's, isn't it kind of like you just put some general posts
0: on? Is that what you do? So so are you asking if LinkedIn's a similar, how the platform's structured? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's exactly the same as Facebook in many ways. You've got a main feed for content and you've got messages. That's it, you've just got a different vibe, different search filters, and a more affluent class of person. And also there's some differences in terms of demographic. It tends to be a lot more baby boomers on on LinkedIn than there would be on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram are a bit more millennial and Gen Z, Z, Mm Zed, my British friend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, for me, all social media platforms, they do the same thing. You share content and you communicate with people through messaging. Right. So it's exactly the same in that, in that perspective. Right. It's just the big difference with LinkedIn is the amount of information in profiles and the more powerful search filters to find your right. market. Yeah. Right. For
1: sure. Yeah. And so then you use those to your advantage and then you just, yep. just, and so would you suggest just zeroing in on LinkedIn and not even bothering with Facebook and some of the others?
0: Um, it, it totally depends on the, on, on the business. As I always say to my clients, it, there's no right answer. The right answer is what works. Right. The right answer is what works. That's the answer I give to that. So give a couple of, 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 of use case, case scenarios. And oh, my kids just got back to the way. Well, you might hear them. Um, if, you're, if, if what you're doing on Facebook is working, double down. If it's not working and you're tired of time wasters and you don't enjoy the platform, then yes, it might be a, t- a good time to look at LinkedIn. And this is for anybody. I'm going to give you a quick start advice. Now I did allude to this earlier in the conversation. If you want to get going on LinkedIn, um, we, we have got some profile training that we'll, we'll share at the end. Just get your profile optimized, make it feel good. If you went to un- a college, go and search within Sales Navigator. They'll give you a month's trial. It's a premium version of LinkedIn. For the people that went, to your college and cross-reference it with your market. So if you t- target coaches, or if you target small business owners in the medical devices sector, hypothetically speaking, cross-reference the two, start the conversation. you got your first 30 days then. If you didn't go to college, you know where you used to work. If you never worked anywhere and never went to college, I don't know. Don't do that, you know, but there's not many people that that fit that criteria. And and just go and and look for people that have those commonalities in common with you, and you should be able to get a client Mm -hmm. in 30 days. I want
1: to ask you this. I know a lot of people are getting kicked off of Facebook, bumped off because they make comments that they don't like or something like that. Does that sort of thing happen on LinkedIn as well?
0: Um, LinkedIn are owned by Microsoft. There are are certain topics that that people – that the the, the social media platforms don't like. Look, the the reality is I I believe in free speech, but equally I'm not the owner of Microsoft or Facebook. What am I going to do if they throw me off? Write write a strongly worded letter? Dear Bill Gates, I'm really offended. Like, it's a question of priorities. For me, I can keep my mouth shut as long as I'm making an impact and, and purpose on the planet, right? There's a time and a place for everything. I... I, yeah, as simple as that. I share some opinions, but I, I don't tend to go down certain avenues. I think it's important to polarize. I think it's important to call out to your market, but just be aware: if you get thrown off the platform, like no one, no one's there to help you. Do you know what I mean? What are these companies going to do? You can't reach them. So I think it's important to evaluate the risks and make the decision your own way. I'm not imposing on anyone's free will listening to this. I'm not telling you what you shouldn't and shouldn't do. I'm just sharing with you my thought process. And for me, my thought process of helping me make people make an impact, changing lives and helping people become more wealthy outweighs my desire to get on my soapbox and get angry sharing opinions. Right. So, so Mark,
1: I want to ask you how you use storytelling on LinkedIn to help help you meet people.
0: Yeah, so in your profile, it's a great question. Um, some people are logical, some people are emotive, some people like humour. It's just the way humans are. Since, you know, the most famous texts in human history use the, the modality of story to communicate what they want people to do. The Bible is an example of that. The commandments, it communicates how people should live their life. It teaches. It's a story. Um, it's a story that, that you know, and, and I just want to clear, I'm not saying it's fictional or non-fictional. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's packaged as a story and it brings it to life, right? Um, just like when we think about the great successful webinars, presentations, books, famous, uh, you know, even self-help books, Tony Robbins, you go in his books, he's telling stories to to teach his points. So a, a big mistake a lot of people make on LinkedIn is they think because it's a B2B platform, they have to go and do what I call white paper content. A white paper is full of graphs and bullet points mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, all that dry stuff. But the reality is there's one reason and one reason only that people buy. People buy not to make money, not to save money. They buy because of how they feel. People have to feel the right way. That's why we go into a mall to get a coffee and come out of the sofa. That's why we go, you know, we go to buy the the cheap car and we come out with the, you know, the soup up thing. We buy because of how we feel. And so the most powerful thing you can do on LinkedIn is just give a bit of a story in your profile. I'm not talking like war, I'm not talking war and peace, paragraphs and paragraphs, just a few lines. Why do you do what you do? Why did you decide to do it? Why do you get out of bed every day? There's a guy called Randy, for example, um in in our program at the moment he's a a men's relationship coach he helps men to get back together with with their partners and he says i was on the cruise liner you know comedy for 10 years and when i got back one day my wife told me she decided to leave i've never felt anything like that that's why i decided to xyz you just that little bit brings you into his world you know Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's just not another relationship coach selling relationship stuff you know so Storytelling on LinkedIn is important in content too as well. There's enough people getting on their soapbox and giving advice. I think we're all tired of advice. That It's, it's, it's been proven by multiple sources that, that you know, a quicker way to get into people's brain and get us to our way of thinking and reframe them is, is telling the story and what, what they can learn from it.
1: Right. Yeah, Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, speaking of telling a story, I always yeah. ask my, uh, my uh, interviewees to tell a story yeah. about bullying. Were you ever bullied or do you have a story yeah. about
0: bullying you can share with us? I was terribly bullied. I think it took oh, really? me most of my 20s and early 30s to get over it, to be honest. Um, so I grew up in an environment... My dad wasn't very well. He had what we call narcissistic personality disorder. And as a result of that, I, 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 you know, I didn't always have a role model from what to learn from, to learn socialization from, to really learn how to interact with other kids. My mom was amazing and she did an amazing job. And I thank my mom from the bottom of the heart for where I am now. But like, because of that, I, I tended to get bullied. Kids picked on me, they hit me. And, you know, and I didn't know how to respond it, And I, I didn't have a role model. So I had to learn to stand up for myself. Um, and I always remember how, how me and my brother did this because we were getting bullied at school and we we're like, mum, 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 like, we're getting hit, can we learn boxing? And my mum's like, oh no, it's, it's terribly violent. You can't do this. And so we were like, back to square one, what's the plan? And then we found this thing called Thai boxing, um, which is full contact, knees and elbows. So me and my brother took my mum to meet the, 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 the Thai instructors from Thailand, really respectful guy, martial arts, discipline, completely charmed my mum and so we were allowed to go to full contact elbows and knees Thai boxing so I learned to stand up from you know learning to be able to defend myself physically but it took a long time for the the, the wounds to be um repaired I think internally and to have confidence and have confidence to for example I'm only just starting to do interviews we've been going since 2017 and Bruce and i've never really gone on many podcast interviews with people i don't know any people i really trust and i think there's been a deep unseated uncomfortableness with putting myself out there to be shot down with putting myself out there to be um wrong for putting myself out there to be make mistakes for putting myself out there and and maybe failing you know but i've decided this year no it's time to get on top of that and and do it so that's why we're here speaking so i think it's Rooted in that story. Well, I'm so glad
1: you did, Mark. I'm so glad to meet you and have a chance to talk to you about all this. Yep. It's very interesting. And so it sounds like you really had to pull yourself out of a tough place yep. in order to become a guy who is teaching people how to connect on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, I, I I think I think it's I think we've all got our tough places, and I think we've all got our, our battles and our demons. But I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think what we've got to do is start focusing on what could be rather than might, rather than you know the things that might go wrong. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, Mark, as we move on in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Sure. So just 30-second yeah. answers are perfect. The yeah. first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence? And I guess I have a kind of a, an idea who you might say, but let's see who you yeah. do say.
0: No, um, can I give two? <laughs> of course, yes um latter part of my adult life, Joe Dispenser. Earlier part, Nelson Mandela and everything he went and through. And
1: Nelson together. Mandela. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nelson, yeah. What an amazing yeah. human he was. Yeah, yeah that's for he sure. Was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my second question. Let's talk about emotions. Tell us how your concept and your perception of emotions has changed since you've become more mindful.
0: It's something we can become aware of and when we become aware of them. We can change them.
1: Yeah, for it's sure. It's where we want them to be. Yeah. Well, let's talk about breathing. Uh, have you got any comments about breathing or how has breathing changed for you right. and your focus on breathing as you become more mindful?
0: So I've done, I've done Wim Hof breathing for extended period and I've also done something called Budyeko breathing. I did training in that and I found that they, they can help, you know, they're, they're proven to, to, to adjust the nervous system. So I think they can sometimes if we take a moment, they can calm us down.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And do you do Wim Hof uh, immersion
0: as well? I haven't been doing it lately. We had to sell the freezer because we had to move apartments, but I, I was doing it for a while and I will get back to it for sure. I take cold showers every day.
1: Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. I find Wim Hof is just absolutely yeah. amazing. amazing. So if you could recommend a book somehow related to mindfulness, what would that be?
0: Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Awesome. I think okay. the title
1: explains it. <laughs> and, you, and you've already talked about an app, Freedom. Freedom.2, isn't it? Dot .2. Freedom.2. Yeah.
0: By the way, I have no affiliation to that app. I just want to be right. clear. Well, I'll put this
1: all on our show notes. Yeah. And it's at mindfulnessmode.com. So you can check out the show notes. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting to talk to you, Mark. As we kind of wrap up the interview, do you have any... Words of advice, any words of advice for someone listening who really wants to become better connected to others, but they're maybe not exactly sure where to start. What Mm -hmm. would your advice be? Learn to connect with yourself.
0: (laughs) Because once you learn to connect with yourself, it gets a lot easier to connect with others. And in order to connect with yourself, that's awareness of how you feel. And that goes back right to this. I think the first thing we spoke about in this interview, having awareness of your emotions, how you feel and what you do. Wow. Well, it's really exciting to talk to you and to hear how successful you've
1: been with LinkedIn and and how you help so many people. You must have helped thousands and thousands of people with their LinkedIn in order to connect with others. Am I right?
0: Yeah, definitely. We have. We've done 2,000 profile reviews. I've done that to get going. That's one of the ways I got going. And we
1: we connect with you by going to
0: markfirthonline.com. Isn't that right? Yes, go to markfirthonline.com, opt in on there. There will be a free training if you wish to get your LinkedIn going. Um, And I think we can also share in the show notes if you want something more specific around profiles. Can we put that in the show notes?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then yeah. and then you help people. Yeah, you help people t- kind of really make this work for them. MarkFirthOnline dot com, and, yep. and uh, so then yeah, I guess we can connect on LinkedIn for sure, can't we?
0: Yeah, I will be connecting with you later. Keep an eye out, please. Bruce. Awesome,
1: I will. Okay, I'm going to try to improve my LinkedIn profile and and start getting more connected on LinkedIn too. So thank you. Thank
0: you very much for being on the show, Mark. Thank you. I just want to say I've really enjoyed the interview. It's really refreshing to, to talk about not just tactics, but also some of the other important stuff, you know? I'm so glad. So glad you liked
1: it. Thank you. Yeah. All Thank the you. best to you, Mark. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe. As always, thanks for connecting with me today here on Mindfulness Mode. And I have a question for you. Have you personally been trying to break through a challenge in your life, break through maybe a mind block that has been holding you back. Maybe you have anxiety that just won't quit, or you're living this stressful life day after day and you just keep thinking, oh, it's got to get better, it's got to get better. Are you discouraged and feeling this kind of anxiety in your life? Well, you know what? You can have peace. You can have a life with very little stress and anxiety, much less than the kind of stress and anxiety that sabotages your life and pulls you down every single day. That's not the way life is supposed to be. Do you just want to feel content and happy? Well, through hypnosis, that can be reached and i will tell you that it's been a beautiful journey for me because i did not know two years ago at this time that hypnosis could be such a powerful tool to help people help people quicker than a lot of other methods and more thoroughly than a lot of other methods, because hypnosis takes you in to some of those traumas or some of those situations that happened when you were probably quite young. And whether you know it or not, what is recirculating in your brain, that inner bully related to that trauma or that event earlier in your life, that is probably holding you back and hypnosis can help you move through that. You can regain confidence. You can feel good about your life and your accomplishments and it's just really a fantastic transition. I would love to have a chance to work with you if you feel like this is a fit or if you feel like this is something you want to look into. Maybe you just have questions. Maybe you're just Thinking, Yeah, but I have questions about hypnosis. I want to know more about it and what it's like. Well, book a free consultation with me and we will talk about it. I'll answer your questions and we'll, uh, we'll get you in the know about hypnosis. So email me bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and put human connection in the subject line and that way I'll know that you heard me on this episode. And let's talk. So I really look forward to hearing from you. You have a great rest of your day. Just take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.